at some point I am going to move away. But Champagne will always be my home. Like, I'm not going to go somewhere else and be like, oh, I'm from New York. No, I'm from Champagne, and Champagne molded me into who I am. Like, it's people here that believed in me more than I believed in myself at a point. So I'm always going to support my hometown, and I'm always going to come back. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Sven, and today I'm here with Gatson. We're going to be listening to the song Draft Day Prelude. Yeah. And so, so Gatson, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. So, I guess without further ado, let's listen to the song. Gonna feel this dope so Yeah. Yeah. Draft they nigga, I'm ready for woke. AP, ain't this what the world been waiting for? That real ish. Give me any beat and watch I kill at the end. It's that boy spit dope. I know the fiends gon' feel this. They say I'm oh so underrated. I came up elevating my city. We bout to make it. This is the dedication. Run with me, you run from me. They want that smoke. I'm giving out that free gas. This that premium. Thinking cause you rock the metro that your shit booming. Get you jumped off from the top of the roast like I'm Jeff Hardy. I ain't reached my potential. Nah, not hardly. Next summer, watch I cop a Harley and roll through the city and stun on the ones that used to stun on me. Differences, I make this shit look so easy. Never had to sell my soul for the world to believe me. No co-sign, but we still achieving. I'm really somewhere that they should be afraid of. This shit not even, we winning by landslides, bruh. Everything I own, never will I be a slave to fame. Believe in shit, when I leave this earth, they gon' know my last name. Some niggas fake it till they make it on that acting shit. Me, I never had to, cause I'm more than just the average shit. Never had a pot to piss in, now that I got it. I pissed gold on the ones that said I would've had shit <laughs> It's funny how the tables turn, huh? They see me blowing, now they feeling every word, huh? Always knew I would be straight like I got a perm, uh Used to beg to be on shows, they gave me the runaround Now I'm asking promoters what their budget is Tired of being humble, I'm pissed What it's like to be the last one standing in the royal room They never paid attention, worth the pee Now they gotta pay that price No thinking twice, we need that fee I guess since this is actually like a prelude to the album mm-hmm. draft day um 
is this like what inspired is this is this to set up exactly what the album itself is all about uh what's funny this don't even sound like nothing on the project really this was inspired by us going different places this year and just seeing the world and me being inspired by different places i just i got tired of being so humble so i want to get on the track and like just really talk how i want to talk you know yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Excellent. So that's basically what inspired it. Um, just traveling this year, and I just wanted some that was going to be different from what you what you're going to get on the project because the project is more of a emotional roller coaster. It feels like at least you said that this was inspired by you traveling and doing these different venues and, mm-hmm. and basically going all over the world. What you're talking about, it just seems like it's been a long time coming, and it's like you yeah. can finally be proud of yourself in terms of being able to just. You, you deserve this because you are talented what made it important that you kind of allowed yourself to finally be proud of your accomplishments and and that you deserve you know the accolade so i used to be down on myself a lot like questioning if music was what i was supposed to be doing and i used to last year i almost gave up completely like just wrapped up everything but i guess god started opening up, up more doors for me to go different places meet new people i don't know i just it, it just felt different like when you when you're doing it for something bigger than yourself a purpose you know so like i started doing music and 2009 and that was after my friend was murdered in champagne by champagne police when we was 15 so music is more of my therapy my outlet it's not about money or fame because i can care less about that it's just about helping myself cope and helping somebody else around the world that probably dealing with the same stuff as me well helping them cope that's what music is for me like just a therapy what drew you into being a part of the the music music yeah I started off doing poetry. Poetry was just something I did since I was younger. But after my friend was murdered, poetry wasn't speaking enough for me. So, and I felt like at the time that I didn't speak out enough. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like me writing songs and expressing myself was my way of filling a void with myself. My music is inspired by my everyday situations like what i'm going through i don't write for other people i write for myself so with this new album are you also producing this album as well i worked with a producer out of california his name is soul professor and he produced this whole project exclusively let's describe a little bit about how you collaborated on this project i'm, I'm fascinated by having that collaborative like you develop the words and and yeah. you have the producer that develops your beats and then puts it together yeah was was there something where you brought some words to the producer or you said i want this type of feeling and then they produced the music we knew we wanted to work on the project but we didn't necessarily have a sound yet and my manager had been looking for different producers around the world honestly and just trying to find a sound that fits me what i talk about and he found soul professor and we end up talking and he sent me like one instrumental at the time <laughs> i remember i i wrote to it the same day and i i always send it to like three people to, <laughs> to make yeah. sure everything sounds right and i sent it back to him and he was like yo we should we should do an ep so that's how it came about then i i recorded all the vocals myself then i sent the vocals to johnny and johnny mixed the whole project then we just kept bouncing ideas off each other then the producer he added some more sounds some more instruments and sent it to johnny and johnny just put the finishing touches on it and we came up with a i think is a hell of a project my best work so far you put out the album blessed to become a 
blessing, blessing. or is that an EP? I, I, I it's an EP. Trying, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just think if there's if there's a collection of more than like four songs, yeah. I always want to call it an album. Yeah, album. But <laughs> it just fascinates me that in 2018, which was just last year, mm-hmm. you put out this great album. You just mentioned that you almost thought that you were going to give up give up was was this before or after this ep it was before (laughs) wow it was before like i well i used to deal with depression and i didn't like talking to people (laughs) so my my way of trying to talk to people was through music but i felt like my music wasn't being heard so i felt like i wasn't being heard after i dropped the project it, it actually opened up a lot of doors for us and like we got our first big festival last year a3c in atlanta and wow. that's like one of the biggest hip hop festivals in Atlanta that they offer. We got invited to go. So that was big for us. And it opened so many doors just going there alone. So that, I don't know, it just seemed like when I was about to give up, that God just showed me like, yo, you're doing this for something, you know. You're able to use music as a voice for, for yourself, but also to also speak to those that maybe facing hopeless situations yeah. or, or feel that they're in a hopeless situation as well. That brings me into your, your would you call it a record label Believer's Dynasty yeah. or it's more of like a consortium or whatever you want to call it, but like it, it seems like a, a group of like-minded people yeah. that want to. It's a collective. Um, so how did that get started? Actually, it's weird. It's, it's very awkward and I don't think we ever told this story, but we all met each other because we j cole fans <laughs> really okay and i met my manager at dollar in the dream in new york <laughs> wow. at first i was just somebody on the internet that was spamming people like i was spamming <laughs> everybody that listened to j cole that was a j cole fan on twitter i was spamming them and they probably you can probably hit up somebody they probably tell you yeah he spammed me <laughs> like i i spammed everybody so that was just that was me back then but like i met my manager at dollar in a dream and we started having more conversations and he didn't even want to like manage me at first <laughs> he he was into music but he wasn't trying to be in the business world you know he he's more into technology that's what he went to school for <laughs> okay so well how did you know that they would be a good manager like i mean if they didn't want to do if they didn't want to do it and that wasn't their thing how did you know that they would be a good manager he just got a a drive that's unmatched so it's like he he had all the tools to be a manager you know Uh he just at the time didn't want to do it (laughs) oh i see but he was already a fan of the music at at first my one of my other friends sees he was managing me and he had some stuff that was going on that he couldn't really consume all his time to being a manager so p felt like yo i can't let my friend just you know go down the drain and he actually started to make a little noise so he he stepped up and we've been moving ever since so is there an overall narrative with the uh draft day project or project yeah i mean i guess i'm gonna let people make their own meanings to it because i want people to feel their own way but for me the project felt like I have finally beat depression. So that's why I named the draft day because I finally felt like I beat depression. I was talking to my friend yesterday and I, t- I explained what the project meant to me. And he just said like survival's guilt. Like, and why he said that is because I, I always used to beat myself up when I was younger because I felt like I was so dope and I, I could have got a deal at a young age, but I didn't see my own potential. So in the mix, I lost a lot of friends to like death, to jail. And I felt like, if I would have got a deal at a younger age that I could have prevented everything. So it's more of like me still being here and knowing that I could have 
possibly prevented everything. So that that's what the project means to me. Like finally seeing that I can't put all that weight on myself. Yeah. So me beating depression is like the best way to put it, or and, beating survival's guilt. <laughs> and this was like you said you were fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. that's a hell of a lot to yeah, put on so, yourself. So like that's what the project means to me. But like I said, I want people to listen to it and make their own meaning. There's something on there for everybody. Draft day in my eyes. My opinion totally. Yeah. And I and I'm about to say this because I want I want the hip hop scene to get back competitive. Um I feel like it's definitely gonna be the best hip hop project to come out of Champagne this year. <laughs> and like I said, it's my best work and it's completely honest. It's it's stories on there that I'm just now starting to open up with because it's stuff that I I'm still not comfortable rapping about. So I finally started to open up some more. So <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy to see myself actually telling stories that I never spoke about, uh, and it's just from the production to the vocals to the mixing is it's really good. When you record the vocals, do you have your own studio here in Champaign? Yeah, I got my own setup. <laughs> or is it Champaign or or Urbana? Yeah. Well, actually, my where I stay is I stay in Rantoul, so <laughs> okay, I got my own setup in Rantoul and. I just record my vocals myself. I used to be into engineering and stuff, but I ain't got enough time to right. study it right now. And I, I just want to be the artist. So yeah. I, I record my vocals and I send it out to engineers and let them mix. Are you using just your laptop? or? Yeah, or I use my laptop and Studio One Personas. That's yeah. what I record into. Is that a usual step to, to like kind of trade the vocals that way? as opposed to actually going into a studio and recording i just it's, nah, it's, it's kind of neat to, to to have that like back back and forth idea so many yeah. people don't do that though <laughs> but you can do it and it it can make your project sound 10 times better but the reason i do it personally is because i have to record by myself and feel comfortable like i yeah. have to feel comfortable and if i could if i can go into the biggest studio in the world and record but if i don't feel comfortable it's not gonna come out the same so i just want to feel comfortable like blessed to become a blessing i didn't record myself so people think it's a good project don't get me wrong it is a good project but it could have been 10 times better if i recorded it myself and just sent the vocals to james is the one that mixed blessed to become a blessing so if i would have just recorded my vocals myself and sent it it would have been 10 times better the delivery and everything just more emotion and because i i don't feel the i don't feel like people watching me <laughs> if that makes sense well and also i was thinking gosh that'd be in some ways it's like then when you are doing the recording yeah. by yourself you can be like no i don't want, I, I don't like that so i'm just going to completely scrap yeah. that and then you don't feel like you're wasting Rushed, engineer yeah. engineer's time or like you're paying for yeah. that time you're just like i'm gonna take my time to do the the words i want to do and the way i want to exactly. do them and that's so. another reason why i don't like like it's cool letting engineers and every studios mix your project but it's like i don't want to go into a studio and feel like i gotta hurry up and get the verse out because i'm getting charged hourly you know right like right. i gotta hurry up and get this out so I ain't got to pay that much. <laughs> right. So I just want to feel comfortable and I, you know, just, I don't want to feel like people watching me. So like, I'd rather just record it myself 
but I'm completely different when it comes performance wise. Like I don't care who watching, but when I'm recording, it's different. I can't be around a lot of people. Yeah, so that that does that does kind of change it. So yeah. so when you're when you're performing, do you have this sense of like? Do you get more of that sense of like community and you feel supported that way, and that gives you the confidence to do it, or like, what what's the what's the catalyst? What's changing it as you versus you know as you recording versus as you performing? Like, what's what's the big change there? I don't know exactly what the change is, but like before I perform, I have to be away from people. Like, I have to walk away and be by myself and like get my thoughts in like yeah. i just gotta be by myself before i perform then when i do perform it's not me performing if that makes sense like i can't sometimes i see into the crowd but like i don't see into the crowd most of the time so it's like i'm up there performing but it's not me performing <laughs> yeah. that's weird but <laughs> that's how i feel well when you said that like i don't know why this image popped into my head a few times that i've performed there's there's that like when you hit that first part where you're like i'm starting and there's no turning back and i can't yeah. just like run off the stage is it, it's that it's that moment uh almost reminds me of like as you're going click 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 yeah. up the up the roller coaster and like you just hit that point and it's like there's no turning back it's just falling and you're just apart from yourself at that point because you're so well for yeah. me it's like you're so scared that you're separated from it but that that made me think of that whole like well like this this is it that's all i got so yeah. i i i don't know if that's kind of yeah that's what i was i used to get nervous before shows well i still get nervous before shows but it's it's not nervous in the sense of like i'm gonna mess up or something it's just like i'm nervous because i i'm itching so badly to prove that I'm someone that should be taken serious in the music industry. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I get nervous just because I want to prove to myself and to others like that I should be taken serious. Do you think that that's more uh, th that happens more often with with hip hop in general? Yeah, like just just to be taken seriously. Yeah, because I see it ten times a day on social media. Everybody want to be a rapper. Everybody want to be a rapper. At a certain point, you got to, like, take yourself serious. Like, I invested so much money into this music that, like, if if I just gave up, I would be stupid. <laughs> Once you invest money into it, it's no longer a hobby. You might not even be making money at the time, but <laughs> it's your job. Because I'm doing it for longevity, and I know at a point that the money is going to come in, and it's going to come in consistently so i'm not really worried about money right now money i can care less about but it's just like it's no longer a hobby so like people that hit me up you got to understand i am busy now <laughs> like some people don't understand that and they think i'm just being like like my ego too big or something like and that's not the case because i work with anybody and it was a point in time like <laughs> i used to hit people up and i never got features <laughs> nobody used to want to work with me so it's just crazy now Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. 
Jubilee Cafe has opened anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Do you have a favorite venue? It doesn't even have to exist anymore, but like a favorite place that you played or a favorite place that you went and saw a show. I would have to say personally, like IMC, the independent media center, they gave me my first chance. They gave me my first chance. They definitely gave me my first chance and they actually, they really support me. And they've been a big help to like my music career. So first them. But secondly, like, Canopy, that's, like, my home. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Canopy is my home. So, yeah. Excellent. Those two. What was your favorite performance that you've ever had? I would have to say, recently, right now, my favorite performance had to be when we just went to Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yes. Where were, where were you in Canada? Um, It was an outside stage at, I think it's called The Cube in Winnipeg, Canada. Man, it it was so much love. It was genuine, and they really support real hip hop there. That was what made it so amazing is that it was very like well attended and well yeah. like a lot of support. And they they actually show you the support. They give you your flowers. You know, um, it was called the Northern Music Touch Fest. So gosh, you've been all all around the world. You know, traveling and and sharing your music. So what do you think? the Champaign-Urbana music scene could, like, do better? The Champaign-Urbana music scene could support hip-hop more. Because although it's some places that do support hip-hop, they don't really support us. They don't want us to be, like, a household there, <laughs> if that makes sense. If I'm understanding correctly, it's like, it's like there's not really... You can't look at a venue and go like well that's a hip-hop venue no right there's because you can look at so many you can look at like the rose bowl and you're like well that's a yeah. country venue yeah 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 you can look at like blackbird and you can be like well that's a rock venue but i mean uh i'm overgeneralizing, but there is that sense it's like you don't it's not have something that yeah. you're like yeah that's and, a hip-hop place right no we ain't right. got that but no. that's like the biggest thing just like but they've been doing a better job recently from like just booking more shows and trying to support more local acts because it's a lot of dope music in Champaign-Urbana that's just being overlooked. So I feel like if they actually put a li little bit more effort into like the hip-hop scene, it would be like bigger. 
especially as eyes on champagne urbana now so <laughs> support us <laughs> so when you perform what what's the usual like setup so my ideal performance would be like live band live everything that's i love live sounds so that's my ideal but i ain't quite there yet i'm, I'm working on it but i ain't there yet yeah each person <laughs> each person needs a paycheck so yeah, it's like the, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'm working on it i ain't quite there yet but what my performance setup is now has been just me rapping and my dj now now that we got an official dj what's what's like your favorite champagne urbana mu- musician let's just say so i like trouble chaser them the homies yeah. i like Moden. Flipside motor, he pretty dope. So do you have any like thoughts about the Champagne Urbana music scene? You you've been around for quite some time, probably longer than <laughs> yeah than I have. <laughs> so I think like the Champagne music scene is at its best right now. <laughs> I think it's the strongest it's ever been. It's people that's getting taken serious at different levels now. So you know, like I said, it's eyes on Champagne Urbana now. So it's up to the artists there to take advantage of it. You know. And as people working together now, that never has been the case ever. People have started putting their egos aside and realizing that, like, we're better together. We're stronger to, together. Like, nobody made it by themselves. So I think it's at its strongest point right now, and it can only get better if we just keep pushing together as one. After after this album drops what do you see for yourself in the future do you do you see yourself moving away i I won't hold you to this but do you see yourself moving away from champagne urbana or so i used to fight with like i gotta i gotta move to a bigger city i can't make it out of champagne i can't make it out of champagne i used to tell myself that all the time but it's in today's music scene you don't have to be in a big market to make it out when i mean make it out i don't mean get signed to a record label because that's not even the plan now you know (laughs) because you can be your own record label and you can own all your masters and bring money in yourself so the biggest thing that i've been preaching to my team is like ownership we got to own our own stuff and right now of course at some point, I am going to move away, but Champagne will always be my home. Like, I'm not going to go somewhere else and be like, oh, I'm from New York. No, I'm from Champagne, and Champagne molded me into who I am. Like, it's people here that believed in me more than I believed in myself at a point. So, I'm always going to support my hometown, and I'm always going to come back. Like, I, I, t- <laughs> I tell my family all the time, like, it's certain people that when we do get to where we're going, I'm only gonna come back and like they're gonna be the they're gonna be the exclusives like yeah. that I come back and do stuff with because it's some people that gave me opportunities and they believed in me when other people was turning me down you know and then they didn't even listen to my music they didn't even, they didn't get to know me as an artist they didn't take a chance but some people did take a chance and that now now that people see me going around the world doing shows doing festivals getting booked different places everybody wants me to do stuff now but it's just like before i was doing this nobody would help me but champagne will always be my home just to sum it up it will always be my home champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile on main street exile on main street located in the old train station building at 100 north chestnut street in downtown champaign has been helping to build record collections since 2004 carrying a wide array of new and used lps cds and video games exile on main street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee 
Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAINE. That's 217-398-6246. So what's your your favorite non-musical thing? If I wasn't doing this podcast right now, (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have went to um, open gym and played basketball. (laughs) Yeah, That's my thing. Like, I'm so out of shape right now, so I'm working on, like, just being able to play a full game of basketball without taking any plays off. <laughs> so, Half court or full court? Full court. Oh, so, okay. like, I, I go to open gym and I, I just be like, I be running with the younger kids. And I'm saying younger kids, like, I'm just so old or something. But <laughs> I be running with the younger kids like, man, I got to get back in shape. So, basketball is, like, my, my second thing. And I, another thing that I'm trying to get into is, like, reading more. Like, I'm trying to force myself to start reading more. Russ, um... Uh, He's getting ready to release a book in September. I'm trying to, I'm about to get that. Uh, I forgot the name, but I'm definitely going to get that because he is somebody that inspired me. And it's not even just the music standpoint, like his his business mind and the way he handles his business is like incredible. So I, I just want to see his blueprint, not necessarily to follow his blueprint, but just to get an understanding of what he did and where he messed up. So I can try not to make the same mistakes. It's not out yet, or it will be? Yeah, out. it's not out yet. It, it come out in September. Is there any other projects that you're working on besides Gatson as a solo artist? I definitely want to get into like my own clothing. Yeah, I, I, I like clothing. I'm going to start off with shirts, though, but I like I definitely like clothing. Would it be like centered around your music or even like... Of course, my mind just drops to that idea of, you know, yeah. band, band merch. But yeah. but no, it sounds like this is actually like a clothing line. Yeah, yeah. It's eventually it is going to be a clothing line. But right now it is going to be a centered around Believer's Dynasty and my music. And, but we are going to start making exclusives that's just clothing. Do you know how how one gets into that, or I'm just, I, you know, um, right maybe now maybe I'm asking for <laughs> ideas, but you know, uh, right now we just throwing paint at the wall, the wall and hoping that we get it right. But right now we're in a, a researching process of like just how we can start making clothes and actually make a brand. We researching it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can I'm keep just, you up to date. <laughs> well, I'm just like, how does one do that? It's like you do you actually have to have a it would seem like you'd have to have a decent sized production and then have maybe a store take a chance on you to like distribute it or you could do it through like you know some big cartel or yeah big cartel or but something. uh yeah that's that's where we starting at right now big cartel and selling off our site but you ain't got to start off big you can start off small and you can do um people can place orders and that's when you can order the merchandise you ain't got to get a big bulk at a time and you know it's just smaller smaller scales that you can do it yeah i don't know why my mind jumped to this whole clothing it needs to be big but you're right i mean like you start off small just like you with the podcast you started off small and it's getting bigger that's the same way with clothing to piggyback on when you asked me about is Believer's Dynasty a label, what is it? And the reason I say collective, 
is because it's a group of people. My friends, they they write, but they don't really do music. I'm the only one that do music, and I got a producer, a couple producers. The rest of my friends, they just believe in the dream. I made Believers Dynasty initially to help my friends get to where they want to go, you know, and music was going to just be the driving force to get us there. So I wanted to build networks. Like I said, P started off doing technology. So if you did technology, if you wanted it to be a nurse, whatever, I just wanted to build a network of people that I can help get my friends to different outlets so they can grow together because i believe like if you're not building your team up if you're the only one that's seeing success around you then you're not successful if you got a team around you and you're the only one that's seeing success then what you doing it for (laughs) you know so i i believe that like i'm not truly successful until i'm able to make sure that everybody around me is successful when i'm not around so i just want to make sure that everybody is doing something that they want to do and not just feeling like they have to support my music. No, I want to make sure that you get into where you want to get to, too. And it's this nonprofit that we're trying to work on right now called Believers for Change. And Believers for Change is just like a nonprofit that I want to give some kids from high school scholarships. We want to do school drives, a lot of other stuff just to give back to the communities. That's one big thing that we're working on because Believers Dynasty, we just want to change the world. That's all we really care about. It's not about music. It's not about fame. It's not about money. We want to change the world. So that's the biggest thing right now. That's what Believers Dynasty stand for. The biggest thing Believers Dynasty stand for is just trying to change the world. What what inspired the, the Believers for Change? Believers for Change, like I said, was inspired by my friend being murdered. And just he wanted to be an astronaut. So a lot of people don't even know that. Like my main goal at the end of the day is to like bring a community center back in Champagne and like employ people that actually care for the kids and and I want science to be the big STEM program that we teach the kids because a lot of people don't know a lot of stuff that science can help you know what I mean yeah. it can yeah. really change the world <laughs> so yeah. I want science to be a STEM program in my youth center and I don't want it to just be a champagne thing I want, but I want it to be in more than one city so that's yeah that's my overall goal to uh, open a youth center and like just really employ people that actually care for the kids because the youth is our future you know yeah you can't save people that's already like older like that's my age because they're not really trying to hear what you're saying but if you can save the youth and get it's still in their head that school is cool and like science is cool and and actually show them that they can get positive stuff from doing these things that's how we're gonna get to like a better world (laughs) because they are the future they are our future presidents our our future doctors our future lawyers so we gotta instill it in them at a younger age Katzen, thank you so much for being on <laughs> no the problem. show and like making the trip all the way out here and no problem. so i guess we have to look forward to uh draft day yeah, coming draft day on the way to be determined yeah <laughs> um, i look forward to just hearing more about your projects and and things that you're up to and and this clothing line and and the uh, believers for change and gosh that's just i don't know i i i feel like you you've got some great things that you're creating and 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 it, and I know it's not just you but yeah. as as part of this big group the the believers dynasty you you you've got 
something that's moving forward and i think that that's amazing and champagne urbana is just incredibly blessed to have you thank you as a part of it so thank thank you so much Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. It's your boy Gatson. Great music is out there. Go find it where you live. have an NPR voice it's so good